Welcome to devmode.fm, a podcast dedicated to the tools, techniques, and technologies used in modern web development. I'm Jennifer Bloomberg from Next Solutions. I'm Andrew Welch from NY Studio 107. I'm Ryan Ireland from craftquest.io. And today we have a special guest. His name is Daniel Madalizzo Piri, and he lives in Paris, and he is going to talk about Strappy today. Hey, Daniel, yes, how are you going? It's how pretty, you pretty bipolar day in, um, in Paris, but I'm loving it. Having That's a nice awesome. uh, orange juice and chatting about my favorite stuff. So it's, it's a good day. Okay, cool. My first question for you is, let's say you're waiting around at one of the busiest metro stops in Paris. Let's say, I don't know, Chatelet, and your train is coming in 90 seconds. And then your mm. friend turns to you and says, hey, Daniel, what is Strappy anyway? And how can it make you happy? And what do you tell him? <laughs> Funny enough, I was literally in that situation 30 minutes ago, I was literally at Châtelet, like rushing for my train, not explaining Strappy though. But okay, my friends asked me this. The DevRel and me would send them a link to Strappy, a blog post I've done, and this is everything Strappy does. But we don't have that time. So 90 seconds, Strappy is an open source headless CMS that helps you deliver your content, edit it in one, one location, deliver it to multiple platforms. Super customizable. So if there's anything that it doesn't come with out of the box, it's built with Node.js, which is pretty popular these days. And you can create a lot of really production-ready customizations and extensions with Strappy, which we see mm-hmm. a lot of people doing. And that's the big benefit I see. One location, multiple platforms. Open source, JavaScript. That's a pretty good summary in a nutshell i think you just covered everything i don't know if we need to do this podcast is there a um, record for like the shortest podcast ever yeah. it would be a shortest episode <laughs> you, you know but, but what's interesting to me is that there's a lot of headless cms's out there and strappy i think is for some reason i think it's different and it has a few things that make it different and i guess one question i have is how did it start was it always a headless cms it wasn't actually so the founders the three founders jim aurelion and pierre went to yeah college together and um, they were sort of building a bunch of projects for people and they didn't really like the tooling around that time and they found that they were doing a lot of stuff for different clients and so they sort mm-hmm. of decided to build something and the name they gave it strappy is wordplay on bootstrap your api and so it's like mm-hmm. strap your api so it's like you know put something up really quick and it started as a backend as a service or so like they realized that a lot of people were using it as a cms or to store mm-hmm. data for building websites just as they were when they sort of started building the thing. And I, at that point, it just made sense to, you know, let's make this thing a headless CMS. It's, it's like a pretty cool technology. We've got a really robust, customizable backend, which no one had. And mm-hmm. no one's I, at the moment really doing it the way Strappy does it with the flexibility. So yeah, that's sort of how it came up. Do you think more people use it as an API builder or more as a marketing CMS tool now? I think they use these cases are are pretty wide and varied, to be honest. A lot of the people who pay for it use it as a marketing tool. Mm-hmm. But I think marketing tool makes it seem like it's just powering a very basic careers page and like a blog or something. People use it as a content management system where content really depends on the industry they're in. And these industries can range from financial services in banking or nonprofits, where there's like wildlife conservation mm-hmm. to like manufacturing companies to even we've seen banks use them for content on their ATM and ad- advertising companies use them. An unnamed advertising company uses us for its global campaigns for mm-hmm. bill- billboards in major cities. And that's content for them. And, and we have people like, let's see, who can I mention? Sounds <laughs> I like a lot, of, a lot of secret clients there. <laughs> well, not necessarily secret, but I do know contracts yeah, yeah, have been to not disclose obvious reasons. <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, um, yeah, there's like it's there's so many use cases. I, we could spend 30, 40 minutes just talking about individual mm-hmm. ones, but um, it really just varies for what people use them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that makes sense. I, I definitely have noticed that it's very flexible. You know, you could use it for a simple API. You could use it to bootstrap a really complicated API. And I can definitely see that people gravitated towards it to start making it, making it into their CMS. I mean, I, I want to come back to the, the CMS features and all, in some cases sort of lack of features, which we can talk about later. But I, I wanted to ask about the model of Strapi first because the business model, I mean, because one thing that was so appealing when like, I was evaluating it for a client, we ended up building a really big production marketing website using Strapi. And one of the main selling points, as opposed to other headless CMSs, such as Sanity or Contentful, 
that Strapi was totally open source. And the client was really happy about that. And I was really happy about that because I can see the code and I know exactly what's going on. Yeah. I know exactly if something is available or if not, when it might be. And that's really cool. I just wondering, like, is that how did, how did that happen? Why is it the only seeming open source headless CMS out there? I have no idea. But doing what I do, I have to keep track of people around us who are sort of doing yeah. similar things. And I think there's some interesting alternatives that have come up and, and sort of followed the, the similar open source approach. But I think it's a right timing, right place type of thing, if that makes sense. Yeah. Mm -hmm. where proprietary software was super big and uh, not many people believed you could profit from or create commercial open source software or companies. Uh, well, that's I what I'm curious about. How do you make money from this thing? <laughs> okay, so do I get into that now? We have an enterprise offering mm. which tailors certain features towards bigger enterprise companies. So we've it's literally free. You can install it right now. But if you need certain things, you have to contact the sales team or we have a self-serve model where you just buy a license and get a license sent to you and you have a certain enterprise of features that's available to you. So um, are they being charged for features or are they being charged for support or how does that work? Yes. So depending on what you need, it's like, okay, what, what do you need from us? It's certain features, it's, it's certain levels of support. And yeah, that's pretty much a lot of our enterprise offering. I mean, the reason I'm asking is I want you to make money. You as an organization, if I'm going to be, no, I'm serious. If, if I'm going to be yeah. using your product, mm -hmm. I want you to be making money. I want you to be doing well. I want you to have a revenue stream because I think that helps incentivize you to, to be around, you know? That's a very interesting approach. I rarely hear people make that argument. Usually it's your open source. How dare you try and make money? <laughs> You know, <laughs> I mean, I, I've been around open source software for a very long time and it's fantastic. I love it. I think the most successful projects usually are ones that are backed by companies in one way or another, where companies mm -hmm. adopt them and they are so integral to what they do that they dedicate time and resources to their own coders to help work on them. But yeah. when I'm looking for smaller projects that I'm going to be depending on, I, I <laughs> I mean, all of us have been around where we're searching for a solution for something and we arrive at GitHub and we look at the last modified date on the package, the node package we're looking at. And it says three years ago. And we're like, yeah. oh, my God. Oh, my God. Am I going to gamble? You know what I mean? So I would I'd like to have something that someone is making money in some way, shape or form, whether from the features or the services or whatever, because I feel a little more comfortable that it's going to be actively developed and will be around. You know, I, I, don't I, know I totally that... agree. Like I, we had this conversation, Andrew, I think when we were talking about pricing business yeah. models of uh, the craft CMS that most of us use um, in this podcast, in this community, Daniel is paid CMS. It's okay. three, $300 a year and or no, $300 once. And then it's sort of an ongoing, you know, 60 something. I'm not sure. I haven't looked at the pricing in a while. Um, and then there's also plugins that are paid depending on the robustness of the plugin. It could be a hundred dollars or 50 or whatever it is. And we, it, it is still open source in the sense that you can see all the code and you can have access to the GitHub and you can see what's going on, but it's paid. And I think we all happily pay it because we're getting an awesome product. And when it comes to Strapi, like I can think of so many things where I would throw money at you and be like, please make this feature happen. You have some money, like I need this feature and we would happily do it. So there's just a, a N of one, you know, one person saying this, I'm sure other people feel the same way <laughs> that, you know, take my money and build me this thing so that I can go charge my clients a lot of money for it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you want to give us your money, you can give it to us by all means <laughs> and we will build the things <laughs> I mean, as long as you build the things i have i like let me unfurl the scroll of things that i want you guys to do yes here <laughs> I, I, I will also, be your personal yeah. feature feature advocate and i will pass everything on well thank you um Wait, but yeah it's there... like just yeah no andrew's point about like feeling confident in it like if strappy went away tomorrow like i would be so screwed so that's why i need you guys to make tons of money and be around for the next 10 years oh yeah don't worry we've we've got like a whole 50 Venture, year plan right? so now we'll okay. be around for a, a long long time you're safe <laughs> you're in safe hands <laughs> and daniel i get what you're saying in terms of in open source there is kind of a you know turning your nose up to money or whatever and people will point out well you know you can just fund people on github but a lot of that honestly when when various people are funding github things 
a lot of the times it ends up being package developers that are just kind of trading money around, you know, and it doesn't Mm. seem to work in the same way where the people that are actually benefiting from the thing you're making are actually paying for it. And I I don't know, I'm just saying from my perspective, I, I love when ecosystems form around products. And I think that if there is some kind of financial recompense involved, it just seems like they're a little more robust. I don't know. That's a really interesting point to bring up about ecosystems forming around products. It's definitely it's something we're thinking of. I don't know how how much Jennifer has told you about Strapi and like what's going on and what's changing, but we have a really big release coming out called V4, which is changing. It's it's not a oh this is going to be the well of course it, it is going to be amazing, but it's not like a huge huge very apparent change. We're, we're changing our design one, so things will look different, but we're also building like a stronger foundation to sort of build an ecosystem around our developers, particularly around plugins. Yep. That's something that hasn't been sort of streamlined. There's a ton of useful plugins, but it's not the easiest to use them. And we sort of want to reward people who put all this effort into building plugins and give them visibility and hopefully give them a, like a revenue source from contributing to the ecosystem in a meaningful way. And we have a new plugin API. We have <laughs> marketplace that's coming in and <sighs> it's so many good things. Just, just like, you know, just Jennifer, I'm, I'm resisting the urge of hijacking all this because there's so much that I want to talk to Daniel <laughs> about with this now. Because Daniel, <laughs> one of the things, so I do, I do some client work, but mm-hmm. a lot of my consulting work is developer training, and then I also develop plugins, paid plugins for Craft CMS, and I'm always looking for other ecosystems where I can do that. And it's it's really interesting the the iPhone. When it originally came out, I was actually at the WWDC when that the iPhone was introduced. And originally, the idea was it was totally closed to developers. And if you wanted to make something, just make a web app, right? And that was their solution for ha- having apps on the phone. We were developers that had early access to the developer kit when they actually decided to open it up. And we did some early stuff for the iPhone. And man, it was not until an ecosystem was created around that iPhone and there were just millions of apps that the iPhone really, really took off. Yeah. And I I think that that is a great thing for me to hear from you, that you are moving in the direction of creating some kind of an ecosystem around Strapi because you're going to give incentives for people like me to potentially develop things that will grow your community and and make products and, and solutions really available to more people. And I, man, that sounds really good. Mm-hmm. I'm going to shut up now, Jennifer. I'm sorry. No, I, but it's true. Like the, the, the plugin, it's so necessary to have it. I mean, we probably all know the CMS that shall not be named. That is the most popular and most used. Is, <laughs> is, is, is the so word popular. banned on the podcast? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but it's so popular because of the plugins, because you know the the core product is you know featureful and all that stuff. But if you need to do anything, there is a plugin for it. I mean, it might be super hackable and will bring down your website, but there is a plugin for it. So. I, I have definitely like I'm eagerly awaiting the V4 Strapi because there's just there's a lot of things that I, I know someone has a private plugin for that I need that I don't have time to make and I will just happily give them fifty bucks, two hundred bucks, whatever it is, just to have that feature. It's not I mean in my agency it's not really in our interest to go and develop a lot of custom features that could just be paid for. Yeah, why, you know, why it, build it yeah. if you can buy it? Exactly. Yeah. Going on with the ecosystem discussion, I mean Strapi is super popular popular on github it's like forty thousand stars now almost that's a, that's a lot almost 500 yeah. more <laughs> i haven't yeah. figured out how to spend those stars yet though how do you spend those things <laughs> so once we're, we're on the moon uh, yeah. that yeah. becomes the currency oh, okay fair enough but like, how did it get so popular is that you devrel you just make it popular how do you do that <laughs> i wish i wish i could say oh yes twenty thousand of those stars that's all me i i wish i had a very certain answer for that i will use the the usual one but the usual one is the usual one because it's the right one right. it's really it's really the community behind everything and i think i think being open source being transparent and just being having your ears to the ground and listening to what people want has really helped there's so mm-hmm. many people who've contributed to bringing Strapi to where it is today and besides the, the you know the founders and the first engineers who built it a lot of the community members brought it to what it was through our version 3 alpha to our version 3 stable and after version 3 stable it took off because we had so many people who just became so interested in in what was going on in, in building with headless and with a lot of yeah. the things that came on 
getting like GraphQL, getting webhooks, you know, just listening to what people wanted, what would make people, what would make developers' lives easier, to be honest. I think that really contributed yeah. to, to the popularity. And mm-hmm. I, I have no idea. People really like it. It solves so many problems. I get on calls with people, customers, just community members, and we're just chatting. I'm like, so how, why, why do you use Strapia? And they're like, you know what? I got into a planning meeting for mm-hmm. an API or this new functionality that we wanted to build into the website. And we just thought we'd play around with Strapi, but we got like the whole MVP done in 20 minutes. And I'm like, wow. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've, I've noticed that too, that, it, you, you know, you can quickly build a website that is relatively complicated using Strapi. And the something that I really like, and also maybe a suggestion, like I really like the that there's a lot of tutorials out there. And I think they're, it looks like they're written by people in the community. Sometimes they're official and they'll, they're good enough to get you started. Yeah. But there, there's something that, that I've noticed that the tutorials sort of stop there. And this is the case, not just with Strapi, but with many other Node.js and JavaScript tools is that they stop at the basic. And then if you want to go and do more complicated things, you'd be lucky if someone maybe mentioned it in a thread on GitHub or in some forum, you know, someone asked the question and got a one-line answer. But just thinking about my experience with Laravel and and even Craft CMS to some extent, there's so much information. There's Laracasts, which is the, you know the go-to screencasting for learning how to do very complicated stuff with Laravel, and the community builds around that. If there were some advanced bu- building websites with on Node with Strapi, I. I, w- I would buy that too. I hear that this podcast is just about like what I would pay for, but I would get my team on such a, such a screencast platform just to learn because there's just, I don't know if you, would you agree that there's just a lot of sort of missing info out there that how do you make something more complicated than, than a blog, for example? Yeah, no, I, I get that. I see that in a lot of uh, spaces in, in tech, particularly there's a lot or, I, or what most people would say is like, you know, beginner content is just so saturated. There's, there's a lot of beginner content but like once you want to level Mm -hmm. up and go intermediate it's much harder to find that content yeah and and as as devrel of course this is something that's constantly on my mind how do we get people to one like level up enough and then become people who start to teach because there's also a question of bandwidth i would love to create those courses or videos but I think it would be much better if I could empower other people to do that. Because well, Daniel, of- I've got amazing news for you. Yeah. Ryan Ireland, who is on this podcast right now, <laughs> what he does as his job is he makes tutorial videos. He makes training videos primarily for Craft CMS. What, what do you think, Ryan? I was going to ask <laughs> Daniel if how how you would approach that as you know doing dev relations. Is that something where Strappy would provide the platform? to share those training videos or is it just encouraging others to, to teach and share what they know? I think we, we would sort of have a, a hybrid situation just because platform wise, it's a bit of a big investment. What I would do is, hey, I, do you like doing videos, Ryan? Yes, you do. Great. We have engineers. Do you want to make a strappy course? Do you have any places that you have doubts or you need things clarified cool i'll introduce you to this person who's amazing at the back end or the person who literally built half of the back end and if you have any questions for a video this is the perfect person to talk to that's exactly what i would do and it's it's what i'm doing it's 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 just that right now we're in a very weird place because of v4 we can't really Mm -hmm. invest in right um, Right. a lot of content for not a release that we'll ignore but it won't be the main thing. We'll still be supporting it, but we'll be very much pushing for V4. But once that's done, we already have a couple of community stars who have YouTube channels, who have courses that they're building or are planning on and are writing scripts around the exact topics, like the more advanced strappy strappy functionalities. And yeah, it's definitely coming. Well, and Ryan does craftquest.io if you want to check it out, Daniel, some of the videos and stuff that he does. But I, I, what would it take, Ryan, for you to be interested in creating strappyquest.io? Like, what what would it take? Would you have to see some numbers in terms of the the ecosystem being big enough for you to to do that, or, or what what would your thoughts be when you, if you were looking at this as a new potential market that you could get into? Well, the I mean, my my initial interest always has to be just that it's actually interesting to me from a mm. technology perspective. And it is because I've got my fans going right now as I spin up a Docker container for Strappy locally here to try it out. But no, I mean, I think it's interesting that that you have people in the community all, that are already interested in teaching the advanced concepts. And the hard thing about teaching the advanced concepts is that the more advanced you get, 
the, the smaller your audience gets. And so you tend to see people yeah. not teach those for money because there's fewer right. and fewer people, which is, I'll just say this real quick, then we'll stop talking about my stuff. But the the reason I created a subscription site is because I could teach some more advanced concepts without without it uh, having to make X amount of dollars off of every course because it's, it's mm. all sort of spread out across the, the overall cost of being a subscriber. Anyway, but I, I think you, I think I'm with you 100% in terms of like waiting for V4 as someone that has redone videos several times, big courses several times as things change. You don't want to invest that time right now. But yeah. if there was a way for Strappy to be a funnel or a conduit to lead people to the best training content for the community, that would, that's a really helpful way for people that are new to a system like Strappy to find who are the officially sanctioned people that will help them learn in the best way possible. What would that funnel look like? Or what have you seen that be for other products or companies? Well, Jennifer uh, mentioned the Laracast, Laracast. Right, which is the uh-huh. Laravel version. And they basically have just a link in the main navigation on the Laravel site to Laracast. And I don't know if there's, I don't actually don't know if there's a financial arrangement there, but that's basically as official as you can get without, without it being the same business. It could also just be a content management systems and software have like a university. Andrew, you sent me one the other day that had like a university section where they, they have uh, teaching materials there and it could be. Yeah. Webflow university, man. Yeah. So that would be, that would be another thing to consider. And I know you have under docs and resources, you do have a video library and things like that, but anyway. Those are my thoughts. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's definitely, negative. yeah, no, I mean, I spent a lot of time figuring things out on Strappy that in a different world, like maybe I should be the one just to document how we ended up muddling through it and putting it up online. But and I, I'm sure a lot of people have gone through it. But for example, like using it for a big production website, there were a lot of things that clients the client that was used to the CMS that shall not be named, they were sort of confused about why something wasn't easy to do. Um, Just an example, like the ability to create different contact forms and put them on different pages or to accept file uploads or, you know, to do slightly more complex asset management. Maybe just to give a few examples of things that even the older and more fully fledged out CMSs have basically just out of the box. They're just built in. Um, yeah. And so you know, we, we, I sort of had to explain, you know, listen, you guys, you guys asked for a headless CMS. They're a little bit more raw, I guess is the word that I'll, I'll, I'll use. And a lot of things are just more low level. So, so to build a contact form that accepted file uploads, you know, that, that wasn't an embedded third party form. It took a bit of research into Node.js packages that help you with file uploads. And it was just, it, it was very much more, more low level than your typical PHP script that would do it. And it took a bit of education to the client to understand why that was the case. And I, again, I, w- I would have paid money. I would have paid a good amount of money for a tutorial video on just someone who's already crossed that bridge and, and had solved that problem. Yeah. And you mentioned yeah. that you might be documenting it, Jennifer. I mean, that's something that I have done. So yeah. Daniel, yeah. I, I have a blog where what I tend to do is when I deep dive in some kind of a problem, a lot of times I will document that in a technical blog as I do it. And I find that works out really well because usually my head is in the game while I'm doing it and it causes me to explore the topic a little more deeply if I'm going to be writing about it. And mm-hmm. then it also, obviously, there is a, a benefit to other people that are coming along that want it. I think that there are so many solutions out there for a CMS or for this piece of technology or that piece of technology that a real differentiator is the documentation. Because I will look at various CMSs and and, uh, other open source projects. And at this point, the expectations are so high that if the documentation isn't good, like a lot of times I'll just, I'll wander off because I know there will be other ones out there, you know? (laughs) Yes. And it's the same with, I love that on your site. So Ryan is installing Strappy locally via Docker container. Kudos that you've got it Dockerized. That's amazing. Also on your website, you can just spin up a instance of Strappy and you can just log in and you can check it out. So it's great. That's the first step. Like I think most open source projects, it's great that you have something like that, that people can play with it instantly. And then the next piece is the documentation, because if the documentation isn't good, the investment from the person trying to learn it is much higher. Yeah. Right. And yeah. and because of that, people will just they'll just go somewhere else. And that includes video training resources and, and that type of thing. That is very true. I'm thinking a lot about video and the platform and lots of really cool thoughts coming on. So lovely conversation. <laughs> but yeah, I, I like, yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm a bit biased, but I definitely do. I, I love our documentation. The documentation team does an amazing job at 
properly documenting and setting that path for new learners. And I know that at some point, there's definitely supplementary resources necessary. And those aren't the easiest to find. And I think we could do a better job of like aggregating all of those. And I was just about to say there's a resource center, which sort of does that. But it's just sort of hard to figure out how to curate those should they need curation or how to sort of put those center because there's so much community activity going on. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, you do have a strappy awesome page, right? And which maybe is what you're alluding to. And that is when I was checking out the spun up install, I immediately went to the plugins because I do plugin development and I saw that there was a marketplace and you click on that. And my expectation was that I would be taken to a plugin store. You know what I mean? Yeah. And is that, it, but it took me to the strappy awesome instead, which is, that's great. But is something like a plugin store what's coming in for or something like that exactly that's the marketplace the, oh, the, baby. the awesome strappy is is us teasing the mm. the, the marketplace gotcha. so it's it's definitely on its way and uh, as a plugin i i will literally bug you to to create some plugins for strappy now that i know this yeah no, that's <laughs> that's fantastic and i think that that is something that is it's lacking quite frankly in a lot of cms systems and for some reason a lot of them from the node world and i'm not sure why like i What's don't know t- the bugging you to create plugins no they, that <laughs> there's no uh, paid economy for plugins for instance instance. Yeah. Like, so for instance, Sanity is another popular headless CMS type of thing. And I think it's a really cool thing, but there is no, and there are lots of plugins that are available for it, but there's no marketplace for them. Like it just doesn't exist. So someone like me, if, if I want to try to make money by doing building block creation that other developers can use, as opposed to doing direct client work, there's no place for me currently. Yeah, I guess it's, I don't know what the difficulty is. When you have sort of like open source plugins, it's hard one to always review, especially if you get like a huge quantity. And then, you know, I think open source already has problems with monetizing. And it's like, how do we create that that ecosystem around and and build like commerce functionality into our marketplaces and still sort of try to stay true to these open source ethos and figure out licenses and also make sure that plugins stay updated and there's very few security issues like the product I will not mention. Um, so like there's, there's definitely a lot to figure out and I'm not, I'm not surprised a lot of people haven't done it. I am although really excited that that's something that we we're, ta- we're currently tackling and I'm pretty confident that we'll have a solution and bring exactly that out eventually so well this might interest you craft cms has as we've mentioned a paid plugin store but one of the requirements for a plugin to be published there is that it is open sourced Mm -hmm. right so and what essentially is going on here is when people are seeking a plugin what they're doing is they're actually seeking a solution right so jennifer has this particular problem yes she could write it all by hand but she really would rather just have a solution to that problem that she can plug in and it can work and people are willing to pay for it because I think they're they're really paying for the support. Because when Jennifer finds a solution in a plugin, puts it on a client site, she doesn't want it to disappear in six months. So she's willing to pay for the ongoing maintenance of that thing. And if she has trouble implementing it, the support from the developers. So that from my perspective, people are clients and developers are buying solutions and they're paying for support. Does that sound right to you, Jennifer? Yeah, basically I'm paying for two things. One is it will take me five hours to build this thing. Right. Um, whereas if I could pay someone a hundred bucks, then I've saved money. The thing has been done. It's yep. probably been done better because you know the person has been focusing on that thing. So it's an efficient labor market. Um, yep. And then two, like like you said, the the support is important because you know if I let's say I've paid for your plugin SEOmatic and then it degrades over time because you're not updating it with with new information, then clients are going to say, oh hey, why isn't this SEO feature on the website? And I'll say, oh well, the plugin hasn't been updated in a year, so that's right. why. I mean, that's not an acceptable answer, right? Like the, the plugin developer has to be on top of the technology advancements as well so i just i just consider you know you know economies of scale and an efficient market like there's there, there's got to be a, a plug-in marketplace otherwise the product is not going to be as useful because um, right. you can't just make everything yourself not in not in this world definitely and not. you want the people that make and maintain this thing that you have 
decided on to be incentivized to continue to update it and to answer your GitHub issues. And if you yeah. have a specific requirements for a particular project, you know, I, I do it all the time where people are working on something and they need a feature and I'll just add it, you know, because yeah. I already have the, the knowledge in the code base. But Jennifer, can we talk about you? Yeah, sure. I'm, we talk I'm about doing you? really well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't care about your feelings, Jennifer. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> what I wanna, so you are someone that have done craft CMS development yeah. and you ended up in Strappy Land. So I'm curious. Oh, yeah. How I've and been, why did that happen? Is it was there something wrong with Craft that you couldn't do something in it that you ended up with Strappy, or how did you end up using Strappy yeah. for a project? <laughs> well, it was a big client with a really big project. We're talking, you know, it's an ongoing thing. It's been about a year that we've been working on it and still going. And the, I wanted to actually use Craft CMS because that's what I knew, and I knew that it had all of the features that the client would have wanted. But the client had they're sort of very tech savvy. They're and basically an engineer engineering company. And they mm. said, nope, we want it to be a headless CMS. And we don't want it to be a PHP based solution because they don't use PHP. They don't like it. They, for that's a whole other, there's a whole other conversation. Well, because craft satisfies it. half of that. It, 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 yeah. it can work headless, but it's that, not going to work right. without PHP. Right? It's not going to work without PHP. Okay. So from there I said, okay, well, I understand the headless thing. They want to use React. Uh, they want it to be TypeScript. Fine. We'll do that. I, I did actually try craft CMS with React, headless craft, and I, I found it to be okay. It was sort of early on. Mm. So, you know, things were still being ironed out and I, I didn't find the GraphQL layer at the time to be super clean. Um, and that's mm. actually something that I that I, I found with other headless CMSs. And this is why Strapi was so awesome is that, so I, I compared Sanity, Prismic, Storyblock, Contentful, and Strappy. And I just found Strappy to be so much more developer-friendly than the others. You know, things actually just made sense. They, they just mm. worked. The GraphQL layer was clean. Like, for example, if I made a, a collection called Posts for blog posts, then I would query GraphQL and it would just be query bracket posts and then I'd get the stuff. Whereas with Sanity or the other ones, it would be, okay, find the edge and then the node and then another edge. And then, you know, it, one of them oh, was yeah. just clearly a GraphQL layer layered on top of a really old REST layer, which was needed to be rewritten. And I just found it to be confusing. And I was like, I can't code like this. I mean, I was being a bit of a diva, but I was like, I just want to be able to, I want to create the API. I want to generate the types. That's another thing that Strapi just did perfectly. I was like, here's my types. I'm using TypeScript. It's giving nice. me types. Great. And then I want to be able to write the queries and I don't want them to be stupid. I want them just to be simple queries. And then I want everything to just work. And of all of those five, Strapi was the one that just did just did those things. And and it was open source and free. Like I was like, this is a no-brainer. We're gonna <laughs> use this product that nobody had ever heard of. They people and, and the client was like, okay, they you know they they trusted me and I had no idea what I was getting into. <laughs> I had never really used it in production for anything. So I was going to use it for this huge website. And so we muddled through it. And I, I did have to make the case. I was like, yo, if you want to use Contentful, if you want all of these things, it's going to cost you tens of thousands a year. And it's so much money. Um, it's so much money. And, and, and they really liked Storyblocks, sort of like real time. It's sort of like live editing. Um, Craft has the live preview and Storyblock kind of had something like that. They were really into that. And I said, well, you know, you don't really need that. And also we can create that later. And so I, I had to do a bit of selling of it. But in the end, like they're, they're actually quite happy with it. They got the website just works. And it also has this other thing that see now, Daniel, I'm doing all the selling for you. But I, I, I want you I'm to just actually... like cut all of this and, and just like that's our marketing for the next two yeah. years. Yeah. Oh, well, well, I'll tell you the thing, like the thing that sold it for me was the types and the GraphQL layer. But the thing that sold it for them was the the dynamic zones like how clean the dynamic zones worked to create a component-based website mm. so they can just go to pay the pages section which i created for them they add a new page and then they have about 30 components that we designed and developed a hero an image with a text and you know team section or, or whatever it is there's 30 of them and they can put them in any order they want we can find a bunch of fields for them like they can change the colors and they can do whatever and they can make their own pages which they do they they're making tons of marketing landing pages i don't have to be asked to do anything and it's just like it's just a wonderful thing and i only of all of those headless ones drabby was the only one that had that sort of feature it's even better than the craft cmx cms matrix 
Yeah. It's actually, you can do matrix within a matrix. Like you create a component and then you can use that component anywhere. Whereas I think craft has that limitation where you have to use a plugin to, to be able to have matrix fields within matrix fields. Yeah. And um, to be clear, your yeah. the components you're talking about are actually react components, right? That someone exactly. has written. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so, and that's yeah. a fantastic really thing nice. because they can be in storybook or they can be whatever, and you can have a designer involved and they can be using any number of uh, tools like framer or whatever to, to be designing these things. And there's a whole, if you're in that front end component, react view, whatever space, there's a whole ecosystem that you can potentially benefit from. And that's mm. really cool that you're able to then just take these components and just drag them onto the page and just do stuff because that's a little bit different from craft where the you're not actually doing anything with the components. You're doing things mm -hmm. with fields that then yeah. somewhere else are then creating the components. So I could see, especially for a marketing site, how they would be interested in that. So you mentioned that the GraphQL API was really clean. I know that yeah. Sanity originally used some language called Grockle and still does, right? And I remember yeah. talking to Newt from Sanity about it. And I'm like, Grockle, you know, whatever. They And they implemented GraphQL. And I wonder... Mm -hmm. Yeah, they have because both, it's a no. layer, right? If be, yeah, if because it's a layer, maybe that's why it's not working so cleanly. But there are two things that I've got to ask you about in terms of your your choices here, Jennifer. So sure. one is, did you look at Keystone JS? Did you look at that? Yeah, as a yeah, solution. I did. And, and what did it, you it, find? Oh, uh, it compared with Strapi, it just wasn't as feature rich or robust. It had fewer stars, had fewer people. It had you know, it, it would have been more low level. Like mm, it, I did find okay. that Strapi to have some disadvantages, like the ones that I mentioned with regard to what the client perceived as things that should have been simple, and yeah. and Keystone was even more so. It was like I thought it would be really cool to to try to to do it for a personal blog or something to use Keystone, but I wouldn't use it for production. I mean, maybe it's changed in a year, but I, well, I didn't think it was ready for production. Well, Keystone is from ThinkMill and ThinkMill has some very big clients. Uh, Atlassian, I think is one of them and Jira, I think is another. Mm -hmm. I think originally they created that as a sort of platform that they were using to make the custom apps for these big clients. And I think right. they're, I think that Jed and those guys, I think they're on a, a big push right now to try and make uh, Keystone a, a viable CMS competitor. But so my, my other question for you is what about, this is going to sound crazy, but what about Webflow? All right. And the reason I'm saying that is that you can do, you can create React components and you can import them into Webflow and you can use them in there. Like that's a thing. Is that something that you consider doing? I didn't consider it. And I don't know. I, I got, my brain is full. Like I can't <laughs> put, put new things I've in been there. I, I know how that feels. There's so many. Yeah. I mean, this is crazy talk. Like don't even bring up Webflow. I, I can't. Right. <laughs> all right, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You be, you can be a diva. You can live your best life. Everything's <laughs> all good, Jen Jennifer. We're going to let you go. Okay, so you've seen that meme probably about how it started and how it's going. So yeah. it sounds like it started great with Strappy. How yeah. is it going? Like, is it, are you running into pro unforeseen problems? Is it mostly because we all know any system or any technology always has headaches. There's always going to be a problem. So it's not a knock to mm. say that there was something yeah. problematic. So what, how is it going? Is no, the honeymoon I, I, over? Is the honeymoon no, over? No, no. I'm still happy with Strappy. But um, I'm sorry. I just have to say that. Um, but <laughs> I do. I, I, it's, it's, it's fine. It's, it's not, sounded amazing. It's not crappy. It's not oh crappy. Oh, my gosh. Um, She's happy with um, Strappy. It's not crappy. It, it's yeah, on a roll. I, She's on a roll. I, I do have a list of things that I can't solve. I haven't been able to solve. And there's, there isn't documentation about, I, they're just very technical things that yep. I wish that's why, that's why I brought up the, the advanced tutorials. Like there's some more community. That, yeah. Mm. More community. Like I, I'd love yeah. to be able to write a detailed post to let's say I'm, I want to deal with some caching issue. Like I want to be able to bust the GraphQL cache whenever mm. somebody updates the one of the collections um, you can you can do it there's a plugin to do it with the rest api there wasn't one to do it with graphql so right now i'm just saying to the client just wait one minute after you <laughs> update the after the update and then the website will update and they're actually fine with that so that's cool but just for my curiosity and for doing it proper it'd be nice to know how to do that without having to go into graphql itself because I, I ain't got time and my brain is full and yep. um you know just things like that like i have a list of things that are sort of ongoing that i think will just they'll i'm sure they'll resolve 
over time as as your team, Daniel, as your team adds things and yeah. over, t- over time these things will be resolved and we just make do. And, I, and they're definitely not a knock on the product. Like I still think it's a wonderful product. I would use it for all large websites that, that need headless, that need a headless. I won't probably use those paid ones. Um, well, Jennifer, if you don't yeah. run into problems in whatever system you're using, then you're not trying hard enough. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> because I know. Every, everything has pain points or limitations. But originally, and, and Daniel, I'm not neglecting you, but I do I do want to talk to Jennifer about her transition here. And maybe some of this will be interesting to you to, to hear from her anyway. Yeah, um, I, I want to hear the, the bad parts. Yeah. So Jennifer, you went from using Craft CMS as a backend and yeah. you were told for this project, you cannot use, we're not using that PHP thing. Like there's something wrong with it. We, we're not, we don't yeah. want anything to do with it. So you had to pick another technology. Yeah. So you were kind of forced into Strappy, right? So you you were yeah. strapped in, shall we say. Right? <laughs> oh my I know. God. The puns are so bad. I know. <laughs> <laughs> would you, if you were not forced into it, would you choose it again? And are, or is it conditional? Would it depend on the project? How, how does that look? Yeah, for you? yeah. No, I... I would choose it again, for sure. I would choose it over all of the other paid headless CMSs that are out there. The ones mm. that I mentioned, Sanity, Prismic, Storyblock, etc. I would choose yeah. Strappy. Would um, you choose it among the free ones, though? Well, I I don't know the free ones as well, because I, I didn't... Like, before I started, before I embarked upon the big project, I did a sample app using each of the five that I mentioned. And I didn't go into enough detail with the other ones. But well, Keystone, from my, for instance. Yeah, well, a little bit with Keystone. But for, but from the brief research that I did, Strappy had the most community. It had the most robust code base. It, it, everything just seemed more advanced than all the other ones. Mm-hmm. And I was specifically looking at JavaScript solutions. There were a couple of Python ones that looked interesting. But since I was doing React on the front end, I just, again, full brain, I'm not going to learn Python. So not now. Um, so I was, and I was hoping actually Strappy would be TypeScript but uh, I understand that's you know a later thing so oh, yeah, it just it just fit common. all the things yes I mean that's great like that's I that's what I love to hear so it fit all of those things but I, I will say that I, I was mentioning to Andrew before the podcast I will use Strappy for larger projects where the client is willing to pay a lot more I, I don't think I would use it for you know small tiny websites that have a budget below 10,000 and all they want is a marketing site with a few pages and a contact form I, I just don't think it makes sense to do a headless implementation especially is it when just because it's more work or it's more it's just more upfront work. I mean, even mm-hmm. just getting the hosting up and running, like that was the whole production. We are hosting Strappy on AWS. It took a lot of effort just to get it to be nice. Whereas with Craft, you could just use Fort Rabbit if you want to have it up in five minutes and it's a really good hosting solution. So things like that, that if a budget of a project is $10,000, mm-hmm. like do we want 2000 of that to go into setting up the hosting properly? No. So it, it just, I, I think at least right now, I will use Strappy for projects that are, you know, 50K and above right. and happily use it. Um, and, I, and I think clients are going in that direction. Like more and more clients are interested in this headless thing and they want to have React on the front end or Vue or whatever. So they have that snappy interface. And, and also, it's really nice <laughs> for developers. Well, it's really nice. I know, I know. You said snappy. You said Strappy is snappy. Yeah, yeah. Strappy is snappy. No, but, but I was talking more about the front end. Like clients right. are more and more interested in having the React or view-based front ends yep. and also developers my team likes it like we don't want to use vanilla javascript on the front end anymore yeah. they're happy with react so that strappy and react are perfect together so but but again i just try to think about how i'm allocating the budget at this point for smaller projects i'm still going to use craft and right. you know and just deal with it with the you know until the, the we have strappy cloud and then you have to yeah, go is that a thing strappy. is that coming it's coming. Oh, it's just, there that's you really go. That's the hosting solution. Yeah. What else is coming? Like now that we have you on here, like what are we looking to look forward to? <laughs> um, let's see. I don't know. What are people looking like? The marketplace will be big. Be- but Daniel, Daniel, not only do we want to know features, we want to know dates and times. Okay, so you're going to be <laughs> committing to shipping these things. So you're you're committing to a marketplace. You're you're committing to a cloud-based hosting. Wait, do you have any dates for these things? No, the engineering team will kill me. Literally. Exactly. I, I, will not, I, I, I will not mention them because I do not want to, to make false promises. So yeah, I'll shut my mouth. But they are coming. They are coming. Yeah, but what else? Like what else is on the is on the cards? Like that that will make me really excited and you know maybe even happy. Uh, 
eventually we'll have dartboard mm-hmm. and we're gonna like, dedicate a squad to you mentioned the developer experience is top notch right but we yeah, really want yeah. to make the content editor experience much better also because there's there's some gaps that need to be filled and then we also just need to start really working on making the cms a productivity tool at least from the end user side for the people who are actually using it to manage content you know make that more efficient that's a really interesting point daniel because something I've noticed when I've been evaluating these CMSs, and I don't know why, Mm. but a lot of them, the CMS systems from the Node-based community are Mm -hmm. more programmatic. Yeah. Right? And the they are less friendly to non-technical content authors. And I don't I don't understand why. Like there's no reason why that would be the case. I think it's a trade-off because you're optimizing for the people who use it initially. Mm. The mm-hmm. developers, the people who set it up, they're the ones who do the client work and then you hand it off to the client and you have the website. Yep. And I think it's a lack of appreciation for the people who manage the content. And that's yeah. why there's not much work done to optimize for their productivity. Well, that's but, the big joke in the CMS community is that yeah. the, the first great node-based CMS. And I think they mean that from the point of view of developers are going to spend maybe six months working on building this thing, maybe more, depending on the, the project. Mm-hmm. But then content authors are going to be living with this thing for years. Exactly. And so they're going to have more and more of an exposure to it. And I think that focusing on that experience is really, really important for any of these systems to really take off and be more than just a development platform for the developers, but be a system that a company or enterprise can then adopt and use. And it looks like Strappy is making some really nice inroads there. So kudos to, to you guys. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm sharing the secret sauce here, but it's there's a like a more holistic view for us, at least in where we fit. Mm. Developers are definitely great people to to optimize for to make this life easier. But the larger story is they're not the only people who use the CMS, and we sort of have to think about and everyone because it's, it's it's about content at the end of the day, right? Yeah, um, yeah because and, and developers are just part of the story. Yeah, because when architects are designing a house, they're not yeah. designing it to be easy to build. They're designing it to be what the people who are commissioning it want. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Because like if you think about designing a house, I think it's a really good analogy. You have like civil engineers. They're like, let's make this the most efficient. Let's use the least tools yep. or the least yep. resources. And that's like the developers. But then, you know, the architects come in and they're like, okay, let's make this pretty. Let's make it comfortable. And we sort of have to play both roles here. And, and, and the owner is like, look, man, I don't care. I want a pool on the second floor. Right? Exactly. So like I want a garden for my, for my kids to run around. And, exactly. You know? Exactly. So yeah, I mean, we're, we're definitely thinking about all of that. We're still very much focusing on developers. You can definitely have two people you are trying to please. And I think it's sort of a, a strategy at the moment. Open source, target developers, get that traction, get people using you. And then once people are using you, you're like, okay, let's make this easier for you now. So yeah, there's like a lot to think. It's like a really long journey, a very interesting one. It's such an interesting space. There's just so many points that you touch, so many industries. I love it. I hope you start charging for support for developers. So someone like Jennifer, who wants to be able to pay you to be Mm -hmm. able to get quicker support when she's developing something can, but also so that you're well-funded so that you can accelerate your your growth here and compete against some of these contentful and other monstrosities that are out there. Because Strappy sounds really (laughs) awesome. And and I'm looking forward to you having some kind of a plugin ecosystem too. I think it sounds really cool. Yeah. Like I've said again, it it is coming. But I don't know. Pricing is really, really weird. We're really trying to be as... It's trying to listen to a lot of people and, and see what works best for them. And we also just mm-hmm. don't want to shoot our community in the foot and, you know, cut them out yeah. from something that could be really, really cool. Because like we could just say, OK, 100 percent paid support paid plugins yeah. paid. And like at the end of the day, like everyone just like, ew, I don't want to use Strapi anymore. They're just I trying think to that, get all my money. I think that when it's for things that there is a budget coming from somewhere else, I think people are more inclined to pay it. Um, Like, for instance, when Jennifer has a client 50K site, she would gladly have some kind of a support program with you so she can get the answers to her questions quickly. So I think I think paid support is a great way to do these things. And that that has been a tenant of open source projects, right? A lot of open source projects, you, you make money from three things. Either you created the thing and you go on the speaker circuit and you make money there or you develop training materials around this open source thing or you charge for support. 
support. And there are all sorts of open source examples out there that have followed one or all of these three things and have been very successful. Yeah, definitely. Uh, let's see. Let's see what that brings for us. We're yeah. definitely experimenting a lot with, 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 you know, how to take people's money. <laughs> yeah. So before we wrap up, is there anything that we haven't asked you about Strappy that you want to tell the community? Did we miss anything? I mean, I, I know we missed a lot of things, but is there anything in particular you can think of? Not much. I we've talked a lot about what we're building. I just mm-hmm. want to point out that we need people to build it, which means we're hiring. So Ooh, if you're listening, there's some uh, really interesting roles that we need to, to fill in to sort of realize this whole yeah. utopian vision of content and developer experiences and, and all of that stuff. <laughs> so if you go to okay, like strappy.io we'll slash careers, yeah, you can check we'll out. We'll link to that in the description and we'll add the, the careers. So anyone who's listening and needs a cool job, you check out strappy careers. Well, not to be too sappy, but uh, we have to wrap up. <laughs> we have to wrap it up. So that, I'm sorry. I had to. No, they're amazing. That about, <laughs> that about wraps it up for another episode of the devmode.fm podcast. If you enjoy the show, make sure to subscribe, tell a friend, or drop us a review. We really appreciate it. For the devmode.fm podcast, I'm Jennifer Glumberg. I'm Andrew Welch. And uh, I'm Ryan Arlen. <laughs> and uh, we're so happy to have had Daniel Madalizzo, did I say it right? Period. Yep. Um, join us from Paris to talk about Strappy. Thank you so much for coming on. We really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Time just flew by. It did. You can go have a beer now. Or wine. I'll get to that bottle of wine now. who got all yappy about strappy he ain't no lackey let's get oh my one. god oh yeah all right okay. there's a rear there's a reason why i never had a uh, career in rap oh god. <laughs> i mean just get like a thesaurus and just search a bunch of words and yeah <laughs> just feel, like you, you, you've got it you've got it down but that that reminds i think we need a strappy rap it's it's very oh it's rap friendly yeah yeah not very, from me but rap-able. from somebody else definitely hire someone to do it hey, hey where does Strappy come from? Is it a um, kind of a abbreviation of Bootstrap? Is that it? Yeah, Bootstrap. Your API. Bootstrap, bootstrap, bootstrap API. So Strap API. Bootstrap API. Strappy. Got it. Very cool. All right. Stopping the main.